but it's all it's all part of that cycle, right? So there was a season where that wasn't going to serve me. It just wasn't right. And for ever, someone else, it might be maybe maybe they have a new, maybe you have a new baby. Maybe you have a parent that's sick, and you're trying to take care of them. Maybe it's a time in your life where you want adventure and you want to go on a great, you know, a great trip, and you want to be gone for a while. It could be a lot of things. Maybe you wanted to go back to school for something. It doesn't mean that your other dream can't, you can't eventually get to it, but you might not be getting to it right now. Welcome to Get Seen Unscripted. I'm your host, Jesse Malinowski. We are going to dive into acting insights, meet industry pros, and master the business. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We're keeping you behind the scenes and ahead of the game. As you know, this episode is brought to you by Get Seen Studios, and we want to invite you to one of our challenges that we love to start the new year with. It is called the Booked It Challenge. It's only $28. It starts on February 5th. It's four weeks, everyone. And each week, we go over specific strategy to help you get more auditions. Then we give you specific tactics to implement into your auditions to help your auditions stand out in a big way. And then we also bring in a casting director to look over auditions so we can learn from those industry pros. So everyone, this is an incredible challenge to help you grow in a big, big way and also really give you momentum to have the best acting year of your journey. So we can't wait to help you do that. You can also save $5 by using the promo code unscripted. So everyone, it's already $28. Make it even cheaper and more affordable than that. So be sure to sign up everyone for our Booked It Challenge starting on February 5th. Now enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Get Seen Unscripted. I'm your host, Jesse Malinowski, and I'm so excited to bring you our next guest today. It is gonna be incredible, but I quickly just wanna do a shout out to those of you that are leave, leaving us a review or commenting on YouTube. I really, really appreciate it. And we're gonna start giving you some love. And so the first person we're giving some love to it's a five-star review. Thank you so much. Swim Suze. It says, amazing podcast, great resource. As an Atlanta actor, this podcast is like having a masterclass from high-caliber casting directors and those inside the industry delivered right to your earbuds. Highly recommend for actors in the Southeast and beyond. So thank you so much. Swim Suze. I appreciate it. And everyone else leaving a review. Thank you so much. And with that, everyone, let's get started. Our guest today is someone I've known for so many years, and I gotta give it up for you, <laughs> Miss Greer Howard, that um, I've never seen you not giving incredible energy, smiling, and just being the <laughs> sweetest ever. So thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh, Jesse, it is so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It really is such an honor. And uh, Swim Suze, I agree with you out there with your review. I have completely binged your podcast. I am so proud of you. And truly, the interviews have been amazing. So I am honored to be a part of it. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And it means a lot coming from you because, and we'll learn very quickly, uh, that you are an incredible, incredible host. So it means a lot coming from you. <laughs> well, thanks, Jesse. Uh, so Greer, let's dive right in. Anyone that doesn't know Greer, uh, like I said, she's an incredible host. She has done so many different things, uh, and 
just if we, what she's currently doing to what she kind of stopped doing not too long ago was you're on TV pretty much every single week on the show Atlanta's Best New Homes. Did I do it right? Yes. On Saturdays, right? Yes. So you break down Atlanta's Best New Homes. I think it's pretty self-explanatory there. Uh, and then you were also the Atlanta Braves host as well. Can you kind of break down? I mean, I, I just love this because you, you're one of my few friends that legit has made a living in this industry for, I think, the entire time I've known you. And it's so incredible. It's such an accomplishment. So can you kind of break down a little bit of those jobs and those experiences? Sure. It's, gosh, it's been such an honor. And like you said, I'm currently hosting Atlanta's Best New Homes. So I just finished my fourth year. The show's been on air for 25 years, wow. so it's really cool to be a part of the program. And we um, shoot every week, so like you said, I'm on Saturdays, and it's really nice. I mean, I think every actor or host out there, you know, to have something that's consistent is, you know, really a gift. And so I try to, you know, really be thankful for that, to have that each and every week. And before the Atlanta's Best New Homes, I was at the Braves for six years, I was their in-house reporter and host. I did three years at Turner Field, and then I did three years where it was actually SunTrust Park before it became Truist Park. And it truly was such an incredible, incredible experience. It was, I loved being part of the Braves and that brand. It was really, really fun. Because you're a big baseball fan, Huge. you and your son. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, my son learned to love baseball a little bit. I like to think I had a little bit to do with it. He was four months old when I started working for the team so he kind of grew up around the game oh and, man um, yeah yeah we both he had it. no choice <laughs> <laughs> he had no choice pretty much we had to watch a lot of baseball <laughs> yeah were you already a braves fan and then like you got the hosting gig and you were like oh my god this is incredible or you're like meh and then like fell in love with it more yeah so i was a braves fan and i had actually worked for a softball show before that so i had kind of been in this like softball sports world I did that for three years, but it was kind of a little, a few years before. And I grew up in Florida, but, you know, as all of the, all of Braves country knows that pretty much the, all the South, you know, roots for the Braves. And so I had always loved the Braves. And when I graduated from college, I worked at Turner Studios and I um, got to go down to spring training every year. And so I had kind of gotten to be involved with the team a little bit that way. Uh, early on. And so to to get the job with the Braves was such a dream come true. But I think being a part of the organization and being there, I just fell in love with it more. <laughs> so I do have a quick question, though. And I think I it, it, it makes, me th makes me think of it because I actually had a hosting gig in New York. And I all of a sudden had this epiphany because I went to school in New York and I was like, I wish I could come back here professionally. Um, after I left. And then all of a sudden I realized I've done it. Like I'm back here, uh, making a good amount of money and, but I'm hosting. Right. But I'm like, I achieved this dream. And so I actually want to put that on you for a second, because I mean, I think what you've been able to accomplish is incredible. And have you made sure to look at your journey and be like, wow, I'm really doing this. That is a really great question to turn on me, Jesse. Um, you know, I I am really proud. I think, you know, what you don't realize is 
a lot of people that make a living doing what we do, working on camera, being an actor, commercial actress, a host, voiceover artist, whatever it might be, the majority, I'd love to know the percentage, are not famous, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I, I'm a single mom, and for me to be able to be able to provide a living for my son and also do something that I love, when I sit and I think about that and I let that resonate, I am really proud of that. Now I'm not done. I think we're always, you know, that might be a personality thing of always wanting to kind of get to the next level and do the next thing. And I feel like I've got more in my tank, but man, I don't take that for granted, you know, to know that I can do that each and every week. I mean, that is pretty cool. That's the thing though. And, and, and I think how often does it happen for whether it be me, whether it be you, anyone listening that we, we're so focused on that next level that we miss the dreams that we're accomplishing and that we miss the things that we're accomplishing and, and the dreams that we've made come true because we're already on to the next one. And so just being like, yeah, it's so important to take the moment to be like, I forgot that this was a goal that I'm actually doing right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great reminder to have a gratitude practice of making sure we're you know, being thankful for where we are while also making plans for where we're going. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't realize it, but, um, and you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's not like it's been easy. You know, I mean, the amount of rejection, I know you're, you're a guy that writes down all your auditions and I'm the same way. And, you know, let me tell you, I've gotten a lot of no's. And actually I'll remember with the Braves the year before I got the job, I knew that they were hiring for that position and I hadn't been called in to audition. And I was really bummed about that because I, I had, you know, taken a lot of pride in, you know, I'm a host. And um, I had my agent call and say, hey, I, you know, you didn't, you're not seeing Greer. Why are you not seeing Greer? And they said, no, we know Greer. We're not interested in Greer. You know, she's not the right fit for this role. Mm. And I was crushed. And I thought, this was the year before. The year before yeah. I got the job. And I thought, oh, no. Like, how how am I not even, I'm not what they want. What does that mean? And so I was really bummed about that. And what was so crazy is the next year, the guy that was hiring called me and only me and said, hey, I've been thinking about it. You remember that stuff, you, those videos you used to do for Softball 360, which was a, the softball show I used to work for on Fox Sports. And he said, I think you're the girl. We want you to come and do that for us. And it was so interesting that the year before, same, same guy was hiring, he, but he knew who I was. He knew because I'd been down the spring training when, you know, the years before. I wasn't what they were looking for. The next year... He said, if you take this job, I'm not, I'm not interviewing anybody else. So it shows you some, you know, it's either for you or it's not. Wow. That's incredible. And I love, I love that you did additional things, right? How to get yourself seen. Uh, and I wonder how much of a difference that also made, right? For them that one year to say, yeah, she's not what we want, but then I bet that really impacted them though to, cause they had to take a, an additional look at you or think about you or, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Your name came across their desk an additional time for them to at that time, make the decision and be like, she's definitely not what we want mm -hmm. to then. I love that in a year be like, yeah. you're, you're the only person we want. Right. And you know, what's crazy about that? 
that year, little did I know, I became pregnant with my son. So you know what? They weren't the right job for me that year either because I was ended up being pregnant and that wouldn't have been probably the right fit. And when my son was four months old after he was born was when I started. Really? Mm-hmm. So you told them no first? No, they told me no first. No, but then, but <laughs> sorry, you told them no second? No. I you just said not yet? No, no, no. I'm saying originally when I wanted that job. Oh. When I you thought f- I wanted it, but I didn't know. Oh, I got it. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have probably worked oh, anyway. M-G. Right? That, that is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty Th- crazy. That is one of those incredible things. Uh, Steve Jobs has this this quote where he talks about it's it's hard to connect the dots looking forward. Mm-hmm. It's only can you connect them looking backwards. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is beautiful right there, right? Like you feel this incredible rejection, like what the heck? Why do they not want me? But it would not have worked out. You potentially would have started and then been like, I can't do this. And then they would have been like, yeah, it's all right. And then never would have come back potentially. Exactly. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing this for a while and in, in different, like you said, you were on Fox Sports. You've done all sorts of things. Can you talk about the the longevity mm. in this and in, in, in some things that we need to cultivate as actors, as artists, as entertainers? Sure. Well, one, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop. Um, and I think everybody says that, you know, it's like I I have always, you know, I've tried different things. I'm I'm always in this industry. There's no turning back. You know, here I am. And part of it is just continuing to do the work, right? And I think we all know that. But one of the things I've really listened to, you know, for myself for a long time is being willing to pivot a little bit. And one of the things my mom always told me, my mom was like, you can turn over rocks like nobody I've ever known. And that was sort of the way I approached my career is I was always turning over rocks. I was always really open and and knew where I wanted my goal to be, but also I would be flexible based off of what opportunities came along, things that I was thinking of or, you know, working with other people. So I think it's also important to to be willing to like pivot for a season or open yourself up to something that, you know, maybe you weren't originally thinking, but it still can help you get to your goal. And I think when we do that, more doors open than we might have realized. I love that. Is there a way that we can distinguish when we are like trusting our gut, saying this is a good pivot, as opposed to just bouncing around everywhere and not sticking with it long enough. So I think that you've really got to trust your gut on that one. And, you know, it's not really chasing after things. I think it's more about when you're open and you think through something and you go, okay, I feel like this aligns, you know, this makes sense. And I've always just been able to feel a shift in myself of, I feel like there's been shifts, you know, even for instance, when I was, I knew towards the end of working for the Braves, my son was getting older. Sometimes it's other factors in your life that kind of, they're not even related to your career in a way. Like my son was getting older when he was really young. It was easy for me to keep him up late or have him sleep in and I could have him work around my schedule. But as he got into elementary school, that first year he was in kindergarten and he had he was at 
school really early. And then basically like I was going to the ballpark when he was getting home from school. And immediately I was like, this doesn't work. This isn't going to work. And so I just started, I knew that something had to change, but I didn't know what the answer was quite yet. So I just told myself, I'm not going to rush into it. I don't think you rush into it, but you just say, hey, I, I, I know that a change needs to happen. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to be open to what it might be. And so I was really open. A couple different things came along, just didn't quite feel right. And then basically in December, before COVID, it was 2019, this opportunity came along for Atlanta's Best New Homes. The current host was there 16 years and she was moving on to something else. And I knew it. I was like, this is it. This is it. It's consistent. It's, it's every week and I need that. And it's hosting and I can, I'm not working late. I can go to all my son's games on the weekends, things like that. And, and it happened. And I knew, even though I was sad to leave the Braves, I just knew this, it was time. It was time to move on to the next thing. And this was it. And so I did. And I'm so thankful for listening, for being willing to step back and, and be able to really think about that, not make a quick decision, but to know, well, that ended up being COVID. And my job at the Braves wasn't even there that year in 2020. Mm, yeah. And then because we were such a small crew, we were basically a skeleton crew. We worked the whole time. So I had a job. And so part of it, I think that I've learned too, is you can't, you have to take that time to step back and get quiet and let your mind think, let you, and then trust yourself. You know, I really think we have to trust ourselves in those situations. Yeah, it's really just about being open, being ready, mm -hmm. having both of your ears ready to go. Uh, I remember there's a saying that we have we have two ears and one mouth mm -hmm. for twice as much listening, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I love that. It's just being open and ready for it. Yeah. Another example of that was during COVID, my friend Heidi Rue. Hey, Heidi, <laughs> from Atlanta VoiceOver Studio. You know, she really encouraged me to make a, to have a voiceover booth at my house because I was doing different voiceovers for clients, but I would, you know, end up going to their studio or whatever, and then COVID happened. And she was like, Greer, make a studio at your house. Well, I did. So I built this studio at my house. And for about six months, I just sort of had the studio at the house and didn't really know what I was doing with it. And then she came to me again. She says, well, Greer, you should get on this website and start putting down voiceovers. Like you'll, you'd be surprised. And so I did. And I started doing it. And I've been doing that for a year and a half now. I booked over 70 voiceover jobs. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I never would have done that. It opened up this whole other level of my career, but it was somebody around me. If you just listen, you know, when she said that, I was like, yeah, she's right. I should do that. And I did. So I think that's part of it too, of always sort of being open. But then, you know, you'll have someone come to you and suggest something, and then you know in your gut, uh, it's not for me. And that's okay too. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I want to jump on the the voiceover gigs for a quick second. <laughs> sure. Um, how how did you find? Did you just say like, because because I'm like, I think that could be tough, right? You're like, all right, I'll I'll make the voiceover studio, but at the end of the day, like voiceover is new or voiceover is something I haven't done before. 
how did you kind of grab onto that confidence to be like, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing and and I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep at this because mm-hmm. I know in in voiceover it's similar or or maybe worse as like sending in a self tape for a theatrical audition. It's like and there it goes and we never hear anything again. Sure, it goes <laughs> into the abyss. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I had done some voiceover for clients, right? So it wasn't uncommon for either, you know, someone that I was like the the show that I host for, we might do a voiceover, say, hey, can you put this down? You know, so I was sort of used to doing that. Or maybe a commercial I had been in, they wanted to turn it to a radio spot. So, you know, you did it that way. So I, I had dabbled in it here and there. But when it came down to it, you know, I knew I was really bookable for commercial work or something spokesperson oriented, a training video, that type of thing. So I just did the same thing that I would do in an on-camera audition, but I just used my voice. And so I just started putting them down and I already had the skill. I was already doing it on camera. So what was the difference to just use my voice and do it? It wasn't that much different. That's awesome. And and, and I think just being able to connect it like that. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm already doing this. I've already been paid to do something practically the same or maybe you we could argue voiceover could be easier you know because you're not being seen you're like in your pajamas in pajamas yeah no makeup on it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you're like this is is so much better uh but being able to connect that and that's where you can find that confidence Mm -hmm. and and i think i've I've brought this up in another episode is like yeah you just need to connect that when you're trying to do something new and you feel like you're lacking confidence, you just need to connect something from that new thing to something you've already done and that you've already been successful at. It only takes that small thing to all of a sudden be like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I totally got this. Mm-hmm. And then as you do it, that confidence becomes even more apparent and even more uh, stronger and bolder for you. Absolutely. I think as an actor, on-camera talent, host, you know, whatever you might be, especially in the Southeast, like why be, why be linear? Like why only do the one thing? Because yes, you are that one thing, but that skill transfers to so many other things. So maybe you would be great at voiceover. Maybe you'd be a good speaker. Maybe, you know, there's, there's literally so many with all the, you know, digital that's going on now with um, videos, you know, maybe you could be a podcast host. There's all of these jobs, these things that are still 1099, they're part-time, they're contract, that you can be using those skills and making money to help you support that living, but still be working towards your auditions and hopefully, you know, booking that, you know, series regular and all that good stuff. But there's no shame in still using those skills to do some other things and put good into the world. I mean, and it's going to make you better for when you are, you know, quote, working on your craft. But, you know, wink, wink, you're still working on your craft when you're doing some of these other things. Yeah, that's such a good point. I love that you brought it up because it's just so important. And I know it's something that I like to talk about a lot is like, let's find the other thing as well. I'm not saying don't focus on acting, but it's only like 2% of, of actors like working or making a living at any given moment, right? That's only 2%. We're talking about making a living. Mm-hmm. That's, not the, that's not the series regulars or the major stars. So I'm not trying to take anybody's dream away, right? Saying that's not going to happen for you. Absolutely have that goal and go for it. But it doesn't mean that you are like, I will only act in film and TV. That is it. Like, 
enjoy your life along the way. And I just love what you're saying about like, use the tools that you have, whether it be starting a podcast, whether it be hosting other things, whether it be focusing on commercial work, whether it be producing something, maybe you're like, I'm going to produce and I've done enough commercials, I'm going to produce a commercial or something now or a spot for social media, like all those things you could begin to use. And, you know, when we had an episode with uh, Chase Paris, you know, he talked about how your creative energy can maybe get pent up, right? And it's like, this is this is how you can release it. Mm-hmm. And, and casting can feel that if you do have it pent up mm-hmm. and you aren't letting it out. So I think that's right. so, so important, so valuable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you any less than an actor, right? To be no. able to do all those other things it actually right. makes you a better one. Yes. And you come into the room differently. You have a confidence because you're not depending on this one job. You have other things going on. And you've been working on your skills as you've been working on some of those other things too. So it really helps to, I, I think, you know, to really just continue to build your craft. It's going to make you better. Yep. Yep. I remember years ago, Greer. So we've known each other for a long time, everyone. <laughs> a long time, yes. And we met because we, uh, we, we, we were running a self-taping service, mm-hmm. my roommates and I. The bungalow. The bungalow, How baby. How we forget the bungalow? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and when I look back to the bungalow, everyone, I mean, Greer, you, you could describe it, but like, it was like you were coming into like what could be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, for sure. The first time I came, I thought, um, this is either going to be great or I am going to be murdered. I am unsure. <laughs> I don't know how we got anyone to tape with us. Well, then you, then, but then I got to meet you and I'm like, oh, it's just Jesse. He's harmless. <laughs> but yeah, you had to like go down this like dirt road. It was only done Woody, but like, yeah. And then, I don't know, it was this little house like on this acre of land. And then it was just like woods everywhere. But, uh, but so we taped you and you were one of our favorite clients because you always came in prepared, ready to go. You always did a great job. And then one day, you said, um, I told People Store, I'm not going to audition for theatrical film and TV auditions anymore. And I remember at that time, I was like, what? What? This doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, and I just, now that I look back to it, I'm like, I feel like that took an insane and incredible amount of courage and bravery for you to be able to do that. And, and I love to kind of hear your your side of it, but at the end of the day, whatever was going on in your life, right, there was some something that was like, I'm not happy or this isn't serving me, so I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and I was much younger then, right, so I was like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> but now when I look at it, I'm like, wow, incredible mm-hmm. that you're like, I'm not happy doing this for whatever reason, and so I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to kind of talk and hear hear from you about that. Absolutely. So I like to think of, honestly, in everybody's life, you've got a season. There's lots of different seasons to your life. And every season is not the same. And when I look back at that time, you know, we, we go back to, you know, really taking that step back and getting in the silence and what is, what, what is your gut telling you? And in that time in my life, I had a very young son. So I was working for the Braves at the time, and that was a really busy schedule. When my son was four months old, 
well, I was married at the time, his father deployed to Afghanistan, and he was in Afghanistan for eight months. So I was a new mom with this baby, and I was working at the Braves and trying to keep this baby alive. And I was trying to build a career. We had been uh, before, I had a couple years where we were moving around a little bit for his military career. So I'd been out of it for a little bit too. And so during that time, I was still like trying to do these film TV auditions and it was like I was trying to do everything and I wasn't booking them and I knew that I was a little bit in survival mode, right? And so naturally, I already had a job in hosting. I was working that skill on a day-to-day basis. It was easier for me to book commercial auditions um, and you know be a spokesperson or do a corporate video And the film TV was a little bit more of a struggle. And so I just sort of realized I knew that I had to work at that craft. That was a craft I had to work at a little bit more than some of the other ones. And as time went on, I just realized, and we were also at the time, my friend Beth and I were trying to, we were working on a show that was at the time it was Local Lens. It changed to Unscripted with Beth and Greer. And I, we put a lot into that. We worked on that for five years So I knew I only had so much capacity and it felt like a freedom at the time to say, you know, I, I think that this isn't serving me. I'm going to, I'm going to let my spot be with someone else. I have a wonderful agent at people store and I love working with them. And I knew that they were sending me out and there's a lot of other actors that wanted, you know, potentially wanted that spot, that chance to audition. And it just felt like for me, it wasn't my time to be doing that. I needed to focus on some other things And so I did. And I stayed in that space for a while. It was like I made that decision kind of in a survival mode way. And then I continued that because I was ended up, you know, uh, my uh, my son's dad and I split. So I was working on, you know, figuring out, well, how do I do this as a single mom and build a career? And, um, you know, so there was a lot happening and it was crazy. So I had done all the Braves and then two years of the Atlanta's Best New Homes. And what happened with Atlanta's Best New Homes, that was a new season, right? So I I had stepped into this new season. And the job at the Braves was really challenging. I loved it. But it was challenging in the sense of I always needed to be doing research, watching games, reading articles. I needed to be on the pulse with what was happening with the team. I I was interviewing a lot of people. I was helping to produce a lot of those segments. And I had to be on my toes, and I was, it was challenging in a great way. The new show that I was working for, very thankful for it, but to be honest, it wasn't very challenging. It was a pretty easy show for me to be able to do. So I started to get a little bored, and at that point, life had gotten a little, you know, like things had leveled out. My son was doing well. I was steady and doing my job. And two years ago, I was like, huh. I could, I could do film and TV again because I had been in classes for acting. I mean, I was big pregnant, you know, taking acting classes and loved it. Um, and I thought, I've got, I've got the space. I've got the time. Like I, I can do this. I want another challenge. So that was actually my goal for last year was, okay, well, let's, let's shift again. And it's time. It's, you know, that feeling of like, it's time to pivot. It's, this is good. And I wanted, that was my goal last year, but obviously the strike happened. So I just continued to take classes and, you know, work on my marketing materials and all of that. And that'll be something that, you know, I look forward to, you know, diving into next year. But it's all, 
it's all part of that cycle, right? So there was a season where that wasn't going to serve me. It just wasn't right. And for ever, someone else, it might be maybe maybe they have a new, maybe you have a new baby. Maybe you have a parent that's sick and you're trying to take care of them. Maybe it's a time in your life where you want adventure and you want to go on a great, you know, a great trip and you want to be gone for a while. It could be a lot of things. Maybe you wanted to go back to school for something. It doesn't mean that your other dream can't you can't eventually get to it, but you might not be getting to it right now. Does that make sense? Totally. Absolutely. And and I love, yeah, I just love that awareness of of understanding that it could just be a pause. It's a pause. It's not a give up. It's not a stop forever. It's a based on where I'm at. And like, I mean, you did, you mentioned all of these other things that you were doing. And you're just like, that's just not really serving me. And how mu how much like relief did it feel to to stop to really be able to give all of your energy to to those other things so much relief honestly it felt right and to, and and truly at that time i didn't know if i'd ever go back to it right at the time i thought well maybe maybe i will just host and do commercials and do corporate videos and that may be what i do and if and if i continued to be happy in that space then i would and i i thought potentially that was going to be the path and but it it was it was a relief and i was able to channel all of my energy into these other areas and to and to do well because i'm i think i've told you before i'm one of those people where i'm either i'm in i'm like all in i'm 100% i'm going to really give everything i've got or i'm out like mm -hmm. i don't i don't do mediocre that's just not i just don't like to do that so i know where my capacity is and it was just it was too much but now that things have shifted I'm ready for that. So it has started to change and um, I want to step into that. Now, does it, you know, I mean, in my mind, it's like, well, maybe I'll book a, a day player. Wouldn't that be cool? It'd be so fun, you know? And like, that's okay. And I have to remember, even though I haven't been, you know, doing film TV for several years, but I'm not starting at zero. You know, I, I still have a lot of experience that I've done. So to me, it's just kind of like part of the adventure and I'm not stopping doing any of the other things I'm doing. You know, it's just kind of adding that, adding that on and, and seeing where it takes me. Hey, if you're an actor and you're enjoying this episode, we want to serve your acting journey in a bigger way. So we want to let you know that we offer a free class every single month. We do it on a lot of different things, but most importantly, we make sure that it is so value packed that you have no idea how it's actually for free. But it's our gift to you to know that we are so passionate to help actors on their journey and more specifically, help you on your journey. So you'll find a link in the description. All you gotta do is put in your email and we will send you our next upcoming free class so you can get so much value. So do not miss out on that. Again, you'll find the link in the description. Enjoy the rest of the episode. I love that that you were able to see that you stopping at that time we'll say stopping right right sure like because at that time you weren't thinking it was a break but right so like at that time stopping didn't equal failure I don't feel like it did because I really wanted to do the hosting right and I was going after the um, project that Beth and I were working on. And I was focused on my work with the Braves and expanding that role. So no, I didn't feel like a failure. No, and you shouldn't. And that and 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 like I think that's what's so important is like understand 
wherever you're at in your life, if you're doing something that's not making you happy and it doesn't feel like it's serving you, like, sure, try to shift some things. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're like, no, this thing is not making me happy, it doesn't mean that you're a failure for stopping. Like, mm -hmm. it's actually like so much more credit to you for being able to be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna do me. Yeah. You're talking about Beth and your show, the the show that you created with Beth. Shout out to Beth. There's so many shout <laughs> hey, outs in this Keener. episode. I know. Um, I love my people. <laughs> um, and so I I wanted to bring up this show, and so uh, it was called Unscripted. I didn't even realize I stole it. <laughs> you're um, fine. But when I was going back to it, I mean, I remember when you're doing the Sugar, and I was like, I was blown away. Mm. I was blown away by what you and Beth were doing, and I'm so sad that you guys are not mm. doing it anymore. But if y'all got to go look it up, <laughs> but I, I want to talk because you were able to put, I mean, you guys were seriously like entertainment tonight in Atlanta. Like you guys literally created, like I could not get over mm. what you all had created. You were interviewing Steve Carell, John Travolta, Denzel Washington, like you were interviewing huge stars. <laughs> Can you talk about that experience and, and some things that you really got from that? Sure. Wow. That was such an incredible journey. And honestly, it brings me so much joy to talk about that project. So it was with my very best friend, Beth Keener. Hey, Keener, hopefully you're listening. Um, and she actually started it. She started by just sitting on her couch talking about the entertainment industry here in Georgia. And she, in 2014, and then in 2015, she came to me and said, hey, do you want to like team up and do something together? And I thought, well, yeah, sure. You know, cause she was my girl and, you know, we loved hosting and, um, we met on an audition. Like we're just like kindred friend souls, you know? So we started in 2015 talking about entertainment and you probably don't remember this, but our very first episode that we recorded was at the bungalow. It was at the bungalow. I do bungalow. remember, I do remember and this. And we did it on a green screen. Yes. My hair was purple. So we had... <laughs> We had, and not like in real life, like just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. from the camera. Right. Um, so it's so funny to like look back at where it started. Yeah. And we, we literally did. We just started with nothing. We were terrible at technology. I'm still terrible at it. Um, and no, you're getting better. I'm getting better. You're getting better at it. I am getting better. Yeah. I am getting better. I Each and every better. day, you're getting better and better. I know. I actually am. In and the past, you were bad with technology. In the past, where I started was a little laughable. And now and, look where you are. And look at you have me your now. own voiceover booth. Come on. <laughs> That's true. I do. Um, and so we started by just talking about it. And then we started like interviewing some friends, right? We'd interview friends. And then we figured out, well, wait, because we did feel like there needed to be an entertainment tonight in Atlanta because we knew everything that was coming here and it was so exciting and we wanted to cover those projects. And then we figured out there was a... Um, basically a, a PR company that worked with all of the film studios to on their junket, on their press tours. And so we tried to get in with them and started to send them our videos. And they were like, oh, you know, these girls are cute, you know, whatever. They're kind of fun. So they started by giving us like the press tours that maybe not, they couldn't fill up the press. You know, they sort of like needed people to interview, but you probably have not heard of them, you know. Well, the interviews ended up going all right. You know, they were not so bad and we were consistent and we always, you know, did what we said we were going to do. And we treated all of the, you know, guests with respect and we were usually pretty fun and had a good time. And 
And so eventually we just built a relationship with them and they started trusting us. And they did. They they trusted us with some pretty big celebrities. And like you said, we talked to Steve Carell and Denzel Washington like smiled at me, like like really <laughs> smiled at me. Like I think we're friends now. I mean, he has no idea who I am. But I mean, I'll never forget it. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, he's smiling at me. I think he liked my question. So it was just really fun. And I was so proud of that, um, of that job. We, we created a pilot and we tried to sell it. And, you know, we never ended up really, it never ended up, you know, becoming what we wanted it to. But the last year of it, we, we partnered with a production company and that's when we became, so you knew us as the local lens, which yes. we were for years. And then the last year we were unscripted with Beth and Greer and we had partnered with a production company and um, in the works of selling it and all that stuff. It was really exciting. And then COVID hit. And um, and then, you know, it just, it, the partnership with the production company kind of fell apart with COVID. And Beth um, had a baby. And, you know, so just some things kind of shifted. And again, I guess it goes back to like we sort of, it was like, okay, well, we've put our heart and soul into this for five years. And we're unsure how to keep going, so um, we kind of stopped it. But truthfully, I learned so much from it, and you know, it just shows you when you start something, you just don't know what it will become. And we booked a lot of jobs, you know, even though that didn't become a TV show, we really branded ourselves as hosts and booked some really incredible jobs with other clients that knew us from that project, mm. and um, and that was a lot of fun too. That you know. People were hiring us to do things because I was like, oh, there's the girls from the local ends. So yeah. I still awesome. hope one day Beth and I can partner on something else. I'd really love that. Beth, you yeah. heard it. <laughs> um, well, for well, quick side note, I will say maybe you guys were just ahead of your time. I know. And now would be the perfect time to resurrect that. Um, Maybe. But talk about what was one of your favorite inter interviews and like with who or, or did you get something really special mm -hmm. from someone or? Hmm. There were so many, honestly. I mean, when I told you Denzel smiled at me, so that was huge. Um, <laughs> on the on the serious side, this was kind of wild. There was a um, there was a interview. There was a movie called Thank You for Your Service. And um, Miles Teller was in that movie. And it was based off of a true story. And. My um, ex-husband, my son's father, had been in the military, and I i feel like I had not dealt with a lot of the emotions of it, and um, watching that movie, like, it was so healing for me, and so getting to talk to Miles, but then also the guy that, that the story was based off of, he was at the story, and we both were, like, bawling in the interview because he was like, we wanted to tell this story for people like you because it was really healing for me to like wow. be able to watch on screen what I had felt, but I didn't know how to communicate to people in my life because they had never experienced anything from the military. So that was like a that was just like this incredible interview. And then the most fun interview we had was Crazy Rich Asians. And we had like four or five people from their cast with us. We got to interview them at the Fox. And we had such a blast doing that interview. And they literally, they had been on tour across the country. And they said, after our interview, they said, we have been in hundreds of interviews and you two are by far our favorite. Wow. And that was a huge honor to yeah. know um, how much they had enjoyed it. And and we had too, of course. It was it had been a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was actually in Thank You for Your Service too. You and were? I was, but my scene got cut. And I was oh. so surprised that it did because... 
And, and since you're like so familiar with the movie, mm -hmm. I can like describe it to you. But Miles Teller's character, because he's he's back and he's just like at a picnic with the family mm -hmm. and it's like really boring for him, you know, based on like, I'll say the excitement he's gone through like in war. And so um, then because we're all living in like this small town, a tornado is coming through. And so we're all like, we got to get out of here. And he decides to like sit on the picnic table when the tornado comes through. So the scene was so cool. That is cool. So cool. And I don't know how it got cut because I was like, there's no way this scene's getting cut. And and it did. And it oh. was so, but Miles Teller was incredible. And I didn't even realize that like him and I grew up in towns that were like fairly close to one another. We both went to New York, except I think he went to like Juilliard. Oh, wow. And I went to conservatory, but I was like, ah. The paths were... The paths were aligned. <laughs> yeah. Why did you cut my scene? Yeah. Um, well, I hope but... you still get residuals and, and you know, all your good stuff from that. So I don't know No, I don't. Ah, oh, bummer. I know. That Stinks. one was a bummer. But uh, but the scene was a blast and it was such a... It was a really cool, fun experience because it felt a little bit like an action film, if you will, because we're like yeah. gathering up things. They have these enormous fans to mimic the tornado and like stuff is like flying by. Wow. It was really, really cool. What an incredible experience. I know, I know. Yeah. But like seeing the movie, I'm like, I don't know why, why I don't know why I wasn't in there. Like to me, it like made so much sense, yeah. you know, because I know like when things get cut, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like you have to see the bigger picture. Right. But that one still doesn't make but sense. You're like, it doesn't make sense. Okay. I this see, I see the full picture and it should have been yeah. in the picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but, but I, I, I just, yeah, I, I loved, uh, unscripted or local mm -hmm. lens, whatever we want to call it sure. with you and Beth. And it was so, so good. And, um, I'll, like I said, it, it's filmed, it, it's on the internet now. Um, <laughs> it's still there on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so can you give some advice to someone, um, that maybe is in a similar situation of they're doing a, maybe a bunch of different things in the industry, mm -hmm. Uh, but maybe feeling like because m this specific goal over here isn't moving forward, like I'm not feeling good, I'm not feeling fulfilled, and that, like, I guess how to find that happiness within your journey, kind of no matter where you're at. And there's a lot of different things that you can do in the entertainment business mm -hmm. and that you, there's a lot of different ways to feel great mm -hmm. if you put your attention on the correct things. Right. So first of all, I'd say just having that balance in your life, right? Like we want to make sure that in your life, you're not only getting that happiness from your career, your, your, you know, what you're doing and acting and that, you know, you have other people to love in your life, that you have things to do that you love in your life, that you're taking care of your body, you know, things like that. Those are really going to help. But as far as specifically, you know, like with your career, I think you've got to kind of just lay, I, I would just lay it all out and see, okay, which, which of these things are working and which are, which are not working. And the ones that are working, what skills are you using for those, you know, and what, what are those skills that come naturally? And then start to brainstorm what are some other things and think a little outside the box of that, that skill transfers and it does well. Now I'm not telling you to go and get some full-time job somewhere. There's so many contract opportunities to do things, so how could you put yourself out there in different ways, but using that skill? Because you know that skill's working. Because when you look at your career, you know that that area is doing really well. Now, you still could have a 
an area where you want it to be better. You know, for instance, like I know that I want to open myself up more for, you know, the film TV opportunities. Well, my responsibility there is, okay, well, I have to have my materials together, right? And I need to be in class. I need to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm using those muscles again and, and being, you know, giving myself grace of, you know, Hey, getting used to doing the auditions again and, um, you know, having that freedom and not, you know, not giving myself some unachievable goal, you know? So I think with that, it's like, let's have that area that we know we're working towards, but then if there's an area that's working, what are some other things you could do? I mean, are you a great live host or an MC or, you know, would voiceover be a good option for you? Or maybe it's giving back. Like we are most equipped to help the people we used to be. The person you used to be, that's the best person that you can help to equip, to empower. And there's something about when you actually turn the table and start helping someone else, like you, you feel so much better about yourself. So maybe you're not where you want to be in one area of your career, but one area you're doing pretty well. So is there a way to give back? Um, I, I have the honor of being an adjunct professor at KSU and they have a really cool program. They have a music and entertainment program and I'm their on-camera professor. And so twice a semester I get to, you know, go online with them and talk about the industry and, and different avenues. And I love getting able to talk to these students. It's just a really cool thing that I get to do. And every so often there'll be a one-off that the, the main professor is like, Hey, can you do a zoom to talk to such and such about, you know, their career and, you know, opening yourself up to some other areas can be really fulfilling. And it doesn't mean you have to stop doing any of the other things. It's just, well, how can I creatively use some of the things that are working to move my career forward? But maybe it looks a little different. Yes. And the giving back and the serving is so important. It's, it, it just fulfills you in such a fantastic way. I help it. I think it also helps bring you back to gratitude as well. So, so, so important. I can't agree more. You have done a lot of different projects, that, some that you've created, some that you've booked. A new project that you are mm -hmm. creating um, yes. is uh, Impact ATL that's, mm -hmm. that's uh, out. And so can you talk about that and, and why you decided to, to do that? Yeah, so I have missed creating. I Like I said, I loved um, working on Local Ends and Unscripted with Beth. And, but I know how much it work it takes. It takes a lot of work, you know, when you're, you're doing a passion project and actually a friend of mine who, so he worked on softball 360 with me. So back, like backtrack, wow. you know, almost 20 years ago. And he was my producer and we worked on this show together for three years. And he lived in Minnesota at the time. I loved working with a great guy. And he moved to Atlanta uh, about a year ago with his wife and lives near me. And so we would get together and, and he's in the industry and um, he's like, we let's do a project. Like, what do you want to do? Let's do something. And he has such a great heart. And it was like, you know, there's all of these accounts on Instagram, you know, of like best place to eat and, you know, where you should go. And, you know, social media can be so self-serving um, in a lot of areas. Not always, not like, for instance, not the way you're doing it, you know, but it can be. So we came up with the idea of what if we start to highlight and I think sometimes Atlanta can get a bad rap um, from time to time online because, you know, it's just that's what people are sending your way. And so we love Atlanta and wanted to say, be like, OK, well, let's start telling good stories in Atlanta. So we're focused on nonprofits, charities and people making a difference in Atlanta. 
And um, so we've started to film content and we'll start releasing it in January, but it's all like feel good stuff. It's using my skills as a host. And then he is an improv actor and then he's a great right, um, editor and um, you know, he can shoot and all that kind of stuff. So we're just going to partner together and tell some good stories that are you know going on in Atlanta. And I'm really excited about that. I feel like That's it's awesome. going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be so great. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. And where... I bet there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'd like to do something like that, but I don't know if they feel stuck or don't feel like they have the tools or how do you, how do you move to take action to like, we're doing it? Uh, you just start, (laughs) you know, you start with the green screen and the purple hair and the bad Ah. script at the bungalow. (laughs) You you just, you know, if you wait for everything to be perfect, to have the perfect setup with the perfect thing, it might not ever happen. So you just, and especially with social media, there's so much forgiveness, you know, like it does not have to be perfection. Just start. Just do something, just create something. And as you do it, you're going to adjust and you're going to change and you're going to get a little bit better. You're going to go, oh, I didn't really like the lighting on that one. Let's try this next time. Or, you know, oh, that, you know, I don't like how I said that. I'm going to say it like this next time or whatever it might be. Every time it'll get a little bit better. And thankfully, usually when we start a project, that's not when we get the, like, the biggest amount of views, you know? Right. So there's, a, there's room for trial and error. But if we never try it, then, you know, you're never, it's never going to become anything. So you just kind of got to start and know like, hey, I know this is like a D product, you know, <laughs> like it's not my best work, but but it's out there. And then you you continue to fine tune it. And then before you know it, you're interviewing Denzel Washington, you know? <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. I mean, I think that's such a good point. And I think also if you think about like the world that we're in now, what daily Hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of content is released. I mean this in the nicest way possible, but like tomorrow you are forgotten if it's not what you hoped it would be. Like, you know what I mean? Like tomorrow will be better and everyone will have forgotten what happened yesterday anyway. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, Greer, this has been fantastic. And I think this leads us to our spotlight sign off. I know this because I've listened. <laughs> okay, here we go. I, I don't think I've changed any of the questions. So then yeah. you'll, you'll know. So the first question is, uh, tell me something that you're grateful for today. Well, of course, I'm always grateful for my son uh, making me a mama. Um, you know, someone I'm really grateful for right now in this season of my life, I mean, in all seasons, but is my mom. You know, it's really cool. My mom is now retired and she has time. She's the gift of time. And my mom has always been my biggest encourager. She has been a feminist like from day one. She's like, go girl, get it. You can do anything. And um, she has the time. So I love this season with my mom that I can get on the phone with her and we can talk about whatever we need to talk about. And she's not really in a rush And I'm so grateful for that. It's just been this really cool season with her. And she's my biggest cheerleader. So she's so encouraging. And if I ever doubt myself, she's like, girl, you turn over rocks like nobody's business. You're going to be just fine, you know? And I just, I'm really grateful for, for that in my life. That's awesome. Having, having a good mom. I got a good mom too. Does your mom, does your mom understand the business like really well or, or like, because I feel like my mom is always like, why are you not the lead in these Lifetime movies? <laughs> like constantly, 
constantly. So, yeah. so I'm like, mom, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, you know, yeah, it doesn't work like that, mom. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, she knows enough, I guess, but that's, I guess that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, in some ways I don't need her to be like a mom manager, you know, I'm grown and she doesn't need to know the ins and outs. I think sometimes just having someone to be like, and not even know the difficulties or the challenges, but you'd be like, I don't care what the difficulties or challenges is. Your mom thinks you could be a, you know, should be the lead. And you, you probably will be honestly, like, why are you not the lead? Actually, your mom's right. Yeah. Thank so you. Thank let's you. just put that out there. 2024. Boom. I love Jesse's it. coming for you. All right. I like it. <laughs> but you know, I think this is a, this is a great, like, as you were kind of talk, talking, I was like, you know what, there's, there's people that like we could kind of maybe like tease our moms a little bit mm -hmm. for like, oh, you don't get it. But I'm like, you know what? It could be the other way around where it's like, you're still doing that thing. Right. You know, so anyone listening, mm -hmm. if your mama is supporting you, you need to text her, call her right now mm -hmm. and tell her that you love her. And thank you so much for the support. That's right. Thank you, mama. That's right. Uh, number two is uh, talk about a movie, show, book or event that mm -hmm. completely changed the trajectory of your life. Okay, so I'm going to go with the event. Um, uh, I have to say two, because one, becoming a mom, for sure. So becoming a mother completely changes the trajectory of your life. Totally. You can't use that one, though. I, yeah. I know. So but I'm going to say my divorce, actually. Um, and part of that is intertwined with being a mom, because I think being a mom gave me the courage to do it, if that makes mm. any sense. Um, I, I'm Because just, you felt more powerful as a woman? I felt I knew who I wanted to be, what type of mom I wanted to be, what type of woman I wanted to be, what type of life I wanted to live. And I wasn't going to be that in the marriage that I was in. And so I, because I was a mother and there was no choice but for my son to see me as I wanted him to see me and for me to be the mom I wanted to be, I felt like I needed to make that decision. And I'm really, I know there's so many different thoughts about divorce, but there also are times when that is the right decision and it's okay. And it's messy and it's difficult, but I am so proud of coming out on the other side and everything I've been able to accomplish and who I've been able to become. So that really was such a shift because if I had not, there's no way that I would have done the things that I've done. So I'm kind of grateful for that pain in a way. It was an, an event that wasn't fun to go through and you never wish that upon anyone. But at the same time, it changed my trajectory in a really good way. Well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question number three. And I, and I, and I asked this question of what is there something in your daily routine that you really cherish? Because I think so often people can get stuck and it's only because they've lost momentum. And so I, I love asking this question because it's like, hey, is this something that I could maybe steal and put into my daily routine, maybe in my morning or whatever, that gives me momentum to have an incredibly productive, powerful day. And when you have one of those, then you have another, then you have another. And before you do it, you're having weeks of this. So mm -hmm. what's something that's in your routine that you really cherish? Okay, so Jesse, I am like your wife. I'm like Candy Vandy Zandy. 
Um, I love that 5 a.m. wake up. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I love to sleep. So it's important to me to get like seven or eight hours of sleep. But and so I'm pretty good about trying to go to bed early when I can. And when I wake up at five and it is quiet, I can get up. I can take that time that I need to be silent. And I also I can crank it. So like I can answer so many emails. I can, you know, I mean, I can put down, I'll be in my voiceover booth at 6 a.m. getting things recorded. If I have an audition, you know, get get getting ready, getting that script, you know, prepared, getting that down. By 9 a.m., I have gotten so much done that honestly, I'm ready to take on the day. Yeah. Because in our world, what happens is if you don't start doing anything till 10 a.m., the, all, the list of things you thought you were going to do that day, well, then it changes because another audition's come in and this is due and the client needs this from you and, oh, this happened. and Or like, oh, my son's sick at school or la, 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 whatever. All these things start to filter in and then it changes the trajectory of your day. So but true. if I've already outbeat you and by 9 a.m. I've got the most important things done, then any of those things come at me, I got you. Boom, easy, done. I'm available and I'm open to do that. So... That to me is a huge game changer. If you can get up and get some things done early. Now that's me. Other people will ha- would switch it, which I also respect because if you're a night person, then like maybe from like nine to midnight, that's what your time that like you crank it, right? Yeah. Totally fine. Respect that. But that might be the time where it's quiet. Nobody's going to need you or nothing's going to change, right? So I think finding those blocks are crucial. The 5 a.m. Yeah. Do, do you have like the special glasses and stuff? Candace has like the the blocker glasses. We call it the cool girl glasses. The cool girl glasses. So yeah. I wear glasses. So I wear contacts and then I wear glasses. So I have, I just wear my glasses like in the morning. No, no, no. These sure. aren't like glasses that you need. These are like, uh, they block out like the light. Oh, like blue light glasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have those because I just have my normal glasses. I don't mm. know if I have to get like prescription blue light glasses. That sounds so complicated. Or you like <laughs> put them on over your glasses and you're like a double cool girl. Yeah, that would be. Oh, man. I'm already having a hard enough time getting a boyfriend, Jesse. This is not going to help my case. Not after this episode. No way. All right. Drop in the comments if you're ready to take Greer on a date. Oh, no. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so fourth question is, what's something you're currently wanting to improve in your life? Mm. So, I mean, we've talked about it, right? So next year, I'm really hoping, you know, to just um, get get brave and get comfortable on that film TV side of things. And then another thing is I just got certified to be a life coach, Ooh. which I'm really excited about. So that's another thing that I'm going to be working towards this next year. And again, this goes back to those little pivots, right? And when I went through the training that to, to be certified, it's so much like being a host. It's crazy because it's listening. It's being, it's asking, you know, thoughtful questions and it's helping people to like, you know, find the answers. I'm like, I do this all the time. I've done this for years. Like what this is. And now we just call it a life coach. That's what I mean by explore it a little bit. Like you, there's things that you can do where you're still using these skills. Yeah. Help you make money, have a living. But then also, you know, pursue all the things you want to do on camera. So anyway, I start, I will start um, doing that, opening that up to, um, you know, work with people, help them reach some goals. And I'm really excited about that too. That's awesome. You're going to be so great at that. Thanks. Last question, based on your life right now, all the people you've interacted with, Mm -hmm. all the different projects you've booked, the things you've learned along the way, 
If everyone could get one piece of advice from this episode, what would you want it to be? I think it just goes back to that you've got to remember that there are seasons to your life and be in that season and know that you're not going to be everything that you want to be in that season, but hold on to the things that you do get to be during that season. So it might be a time, like we said, like maybe you're crushing it in your career and that's amazing, but maybe it's a time that you need to help out a family member that's not feeling well, or maybe you just had a baby. Um, but know that that's a season that you're in and it's going to continue to like the season's going to change. So be open and be willing to know what your goals are, but be flexible and also willing to pivot along the way when you know, like, Hey, I, I, kind of feel like maybe I should try this. Well, you know what? Try it. It might be time for a new season. So I feel like that's something to take away. I think sometimes we get so stuck in, well, it has to be this. I have to do this. And and yes, maybe you are going to do that. You are going to be a film TV actor, but maybe there's some other things along the way that you're also going to do. I love it. Greer, you are wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. It was a blast. Thank <laughs> you. Everyone, if you loved this episode, uh, I want you to think right now of somebody else in your life that could benefit from it. Go ahead and share it with them. Let them know that it impacted you in a positive way. And also let us know if you haven't already commented that you're ready to take Greer out on a date. <laughs> 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 that you could also tell us if you love the episode. <laughs> <laughs>